You're listening to Tezonomics, the podcast that explores the people, companies, and protocols that are building the Tezos ecosystem. I'm your host, Jonas Lamas, and if you like the work I'm doing with Tezonomics, I would appreciate it if you would consider delegating your Tezis to my two bakers. That's Tezos Capital and Tezos Capital Legacy. You can find out all about my bakers on our website at tezos.capital. Tezonomics is sponsored by TQ Tezos. TQ Tezos works to advance the Tezos ecosystem by creating open source software and other public goods, by providing support to projects and companies building on Tezos, and by connecting the global Tezos community. You can find out more on their website at tqtezos.com. This podcast is also sponsored by Tezos Commons. Tezos Commons supports the ideas, individuals, and organizations dedicated to building the digital commonwealth. The team at Tezos Commons is focused on empowering the community to be their own architects of Tezos through bootstrapping local communities, education, events, and funding open source initiatives. The Commons keeps a busy meetup calendar with events happening soon in London, Sydney, Los Angeles, and here in Silicon Valley. So check out Tezos Commons and sign up for events at tezoscommons.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Tezonomics. Joining me today is one of our most frequent guests at this point in time. It's uh, Adrian Brink, back from Cryptium Labs again. Adrian, welcome to the podcast. Good to be back. Thank you for having me, Jonas. You bet. Well, you know, the one of the most uh, important uh, processes that happens uh, in Tezos is our governance process and the promotion of new proposals. And um, since that happens now on an uh, increasingly recurring basis, um, we have to bring in uh, some of the architects behind these proposals and talk about what they're going to be about and uh, get, get a feel for why the community should be following it. And so that's what we're going to do today, because we have a new proposal called Carthage that just hit, hit the uh, governance process today. So Adrian, tell us, what is, what is Carthage all about? Yeah, so I'm going to quickly actually effectively just recap um, our blog post from earlier. Um, but Carthage really is designed as... Um, a housekeeping proposal, right? So um, 005 Babylon broke, let's, or maybe not that's called not broke, but uh, made a lot of changes that required updates in client software, in exchange software, in wallets, um, impacted bakers as well. And Babylon wasn't without its own hiccups, right? Um, so we all knew this, we all sort of are aware of this. Um, it, the network slowed down for a little bit as Vegas were coming online again. Um, wallets has re-updated, exchanges had to integrate again. Um, so I think it's also from a development perspective, it is um, not that feasible to push these kind of large sweeping changes every four months, realistically speaking. Like we're not going to be at a state where every four months we're going to overhaul the account system, for example, um, or make major additions to make up. So the idea for 006 really is 
that it's a possible proposal. It's up to the community whether someone wants to inject it on mainnet, and we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but someone did, which is interesting. Um, but the idea is that it's really a housekeeping proposal that sort of allows us to do a bunch of minor fixes, do a bunch of optimizations, um, remove some, some dead codes to make the maintainability of the protocol better, um, do some more optimizations around Hickelson instructions, um, like fix a tiny RPC in a backwards compatible way. But the idea really is that these housekeeping proposals um, are mostly backwards compatible for all users so that we can have one to two, or we can aim and tend to have one to two large features proposals a year. And then we can have a couple of housekeeping proposals just to keep everything nice and going and well-oiled. Right. Now, one of the things you just said was that uh, it could be injected into uh, main, uh, mainnet, but I think it was injected into mainnet by, uh, by the folks at Stakery, which is one of the many uh, delegation services um, that run on Tezos. So what, what, what is that all about? Um, so I was not aware that this was going to happen, um, and I'm still somewhat surprised by this. Um, Mostly because, of course, so we've done a lot of testing on the proposal already. Um, but I think specifically as an outcome of 005, we wanted to publish the change log first and the code first, have a running testnet, and then people sort of get to talk about it, get to decide, get to play around with the new features or sort of with the updated testnet. Um, and then maybe at some point later in the future, someone would then inject it. Uh, I didn't expect that someone injected literally 30 minutes after we released the blog post and <laughs> injected the protocol. So that's um, really interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's important to understand, by the way, that Carthage 006 is currently not live on any testnet. Um, so we're currently going through the governance process. It's an accelerated governance process. It takes about three or four days on the Carthage net. Uh, when current, so we injected the, I injected the proposal this afternoon and now bakers are uploading it and i think at midnight european time we'll hit the um second phase of the proposal cycle of the governance cycle um so currently there's no live testnet for carthage 006 uh so uh yeah all right so let me let me get this straight right so you know in the in the community tweets and uh, uh telegrams over the last couple of days uh people have been talking about carthage net Right, and so Carthage Net is the evolution of Babylon Net. I would pr presume it's essentially it is it Babylon be. Net, but it's Babylon Net running, and then the governance process has to run on Babylon Net, which essentially would turn it into Carthage Net. Right, once exactly. the Carthage proposal runs through the the governance process on the test net, but the test net runs a lot faster than the main net. Therefore, you know, proposal periods that last, you know, three weeks on the mainnet only last a couple of days on the test. It's like net. 17 hours per period, I think. Okay. Roughly. And so the whole vision here was get Babylon Net upgraded, get information out about what is Carthage, let the community to start playing with it on the then Carthage Net test net, and then some uh th then once there's some kind of consensus on the 
functionality and features and security of it, then the proposal would be up, uh, actually submitted onto mainnet, and then we would go through the traditional governance process on mainnet. That's what you were thinking. Exactly. But because I will put an article out today about that, uh, in that article, it also included uh, several paragraphs, one called who can inject Carthage proposal, another called how to inject it, and then a big remember to replace you know, this thing <laughs> with the canonical hash, yeah. which you guys put in bold letters on there. It seems to me like you were dangling that out there that you wanted somebody to, or uh, Awa was expecting someone to pick that up and inject it. Yes, yeah, so exactly what um, happened, and it happened thirty minutes after this this protocol was published. Uh, yeah, so article was published. The ideal, so yes, uh, absolutely. We want to teach more people um, how to inject proposals, how to write proposals as well, um, so that really it's not us writing some proposal and not us injecting it, but rather sort of we provide some code, and then the community can decide whether they want to run it or not, right. whether they want to inject it. But in so reality, ideally, as a yeah, as a as a reaction to the you know the the breaking changes that happened on Babylon and the process that we all went through to get those fixed, um, we wanted in general the community was interested in being more conservative this time around and really getting a solid test net up and testing the proposal first before we had to govern it. Yeah, and I'm still massively in favor of this. Um, due to that, I personally I'm not yet convinced that we should um, actually upvote the current carpet in this current period. I think we probably want to play with it for a couple of weeks until maybe early December, and then maybe start inject, inject it again in the next period and then actually upvote it. Because that gives everyone roughly at least three to four weeks to play with the test and be satisfied that the test net is stable, that the test net works, that the features are still the same uh, as before. Um, yeah, so personally, I'm uh, not yet convinced that we should take this period um, to actually start pushing um, or promoting Carthage through the governance process. All right. So basically, uh, what you're, I guess, what if I read between the lines here, the, the concern is that if a sufficient percentage of roles vote yes, vote yay on the current Carthage net proposal, which runs for this next three weeks, roughly, um, then that proposal gets moved to the test phase, which runs for three weeks, right? And then- uh, The exploration phase first. Oh, the exploration phase, right. Oh, so that's, that's the second voting phase, right? And yeah. in the exploration phase, then at the end of the exploration phase, there's also a vote, which would be to promote it to test. So, Essentially, we have six weeks here of exploration if it does move down that path, or you're saying, hey, don't vote, you know, if the community doesn't vote sufficiently for it right now, then we have kind of another additional three weeks on that process. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and and remind, remind us, what does it take for it to get out of this current phase from a voting? Um, at least 5% upvotes. So we added this in Babylon, right? Um, the Babylon proposal includes the spam prevention mechanism um, to effectively say that proposals at least need to have a certain amount of upvotes um, before they can be considered um, sort of like valid, or not valid, but more like have a chance of being accepted, right? Like if, if only one role ever upvotes on proposal, there's no reason really to have a vote about this. 
because it's very unlikely that it will pass a 70% um, quorum threshold. Um, so 5% have to currently upvote uh, Carthage on mainnet in order for this to proceed to the expiration phase. Uh, yeah. So I, I would be surprised if 5% don't upvote it just because people like to vote on stuff. Um, in, in, in Tezos, right? So we may we may be taking this journey, like it or not, at this point in time. Yeah, you people can vote a lot on the testnet right now. Um, yeah. So if people feel like voting, the testnet is available. Yeah, 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 yeah vote on the testnet. Leave that main net alone. Um, just a curious qu question here. So, like, now uh, let's say um, you guys, let's just pretend like whatever happens, six happens here, it eventually goes forward. And then protocol seven proposal rolls around and let's say it's a bigger set of changes, right? Which I think it actually is anticipated to be. And so you want to get it right this time. You want to make sure that there's sufficient test time on, on protocol seven net, uh, before it moves to mainnet voting. Right. Yeah. Um, and so you publish protocol seven on the protocol seven testnet. At that point in time, is there anything stopping a random baker from picking up that proposal and promoting it to main uh, mainnet? There's nothing stopping anyone here. Uh, so like the moment we like even right now, there's a bunch of code ready. Uh, someone could pick it up and inject it as the next zero zero seven proposal. Um, but realistically, we'll follow the, a similar process as we're following for 06 right now for 007. So meaning that maybe four weeks or so before um, we actually sort of, yeah, when, it, when the code is ready, we will publish it. And then ideally we have at least a test and running for another four weeks so we can test out all the features, discuss them. And then after those four weeks, we can, someone can pick it up and inject it. Um, yeah, but we can't I mean, I guess. I get. I guess it is though enforced in the scenario where zero zero six is moving through the approval process. Zero zero six is active in one of its four phases. No one could inject zero zero seven. Yes, um, right. but I expect zero zero seven, um, like a possible zero zero seven proposal, to be ready maybe early next year. So definitely not before this year. I think this would uh, freak everyone out, and I understand why. Um, yeah. That we, like propose another set of possibly like breaking changes and fines. Um, so I think early All right. is more. Sure, likely. sure. So let's let's talk about zero zero six quickly, and then zero zero seven's future. Like what are, what what are the changes that are happening in zero zero six that um, are relevant? It's a very condensed. Uh, change talk actually. So we're fixing one RPC, which is uh, the baking rights RPC. In the past, if you ask it for, you have an optional parameter, you can ask it for uh, like the number of priorities you want. If you ask it for one, it would return you zero. And if you ask it for priority zero, it would return you nothing. So it wasn't inclusive, inclusive of the upper bound. So that's fixed. Uh, so it's now inclusive of the upper bound. Um, we uh, sort of optimize the baking and endorsement formula. In the past, we had multiple integer divisions in the formula. Those are now gone and all broken down into a single integer division. Due to that, we have more precision on the implementation. 
and um, sort of the baking rewards will like smooth out a little bit more. Um, and so and I know, really, I know, I know the, that that's been that's been one of the more contentious items post Babylon. Here is how rewards were being calculated, um, yeah. and so you're uh, so from is it is it fair to say that rewards will be calculated like they used to be going forward, or is there a, uh, no another, another uh, difference? Uh, rewards will be calculated like they were intended to be calculated in zero zero five. Intended, um, okay. So. It's really, I think it's not going to make a huge difference. It's just going to smooth out the curve that um, right now it doesn't really matter whether whether you include 28 or 31 endorsements. It's all the same reward. Um, but in like the baking fix here, the formula fix is that it will make a slight difference whether you include 28 or 31 endorsements, thereby incentivizing people to include more endorsements. Um, Got it. Um, any, any anything else? Yeah, so I'll keep the best part for last actually. So we have a bunch of that code removal, um, which was an optimization that never actually that was just a dead code branch. Um, now in pairs are comparable in Mickelson. Uh, there's also a fix for the map instruction in Mickelson. Uh, there's a performance improvement for the contract instruction. Um, a slightly improved error message for big maps, and we also moved the big map initialization. This doesn't actually affect anyone, anything in the protocol. It's just um, the way we do migrations um, that got moved into the right place as well. But then by far the biggest thing for smart contract developers and application developers is that we're bumping the gas limit by, or that the proposal is bumping the gas limit by 30% for each operation as well as for the block in total. Um, this is incredibly safe, um, mostly because the gas values were incredibly conservative to begin with, um, but it should make writing another, sort of writing larger smart contracts uh, much easier. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And I, I personally yeah, know I, think, I have a team yeah, working on that, DAO, so that'll be yeah. very useful. Yeah, for but sure. Stake it out, you should be, uh, it's going to be useful. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, okay. So that's all. That, that those all sound like very reasonable changes, and 006 shouldn't be uh, have much controversy associated with it. Um, yeah. But what it I, what yeah, it does, I hope not. It's literally just like a housekeeping thing. You know, sometimes yeah. you have to clean up and like fix some of the dents. Yeah, for sure. But what it what it doesn't have is a lot of sizzle associated with it. So um, there's been a lot of. Um, a lot of interesting uh, functionality that's been proposed uh, coming to Tezos. What pieces do you see rolling into 007 at this point in time? Um, I think 007 will be one of the potential large feature proposals. Um, so I think on the one side, we'll have an environment upgrade. So people will have to upgrade the node in order to be able to add more functionality to the protocol. We at some point also need to upgrade the interface that the protocol has access to, right? The protocol is sort of this, this uh, runtime that sits within a larger environment. And from time to time, we'll have to upgrade this environment to take advantage of the latest crypto. Um, so this is probably also going to come into 007. So if any of the developers out there need some like fancy crypto included, um, I can send you an issue after. It's issue 36 on the Cryptium Lab slash Tezos repo. Please add your request there. Um, then the next one is going to be a sapling edition. Um, that's most likely going to land in 007 as well. Um, then programmable staking in 007 as well. Um, 
and possibly also um, an amendment to the voting procedure. So one of the problems we've seen um, in 005 is that technically until the last block of the last period, you don't know if a protocol will get activated or not. Uh, this leads to a bunch of confusion on sort of reluctance where people don't want to yet upgrade the infrastructure because there's a chance that this doesn't actually get activated. Sure. Um, and due to that, I think we're going to propose uh, a cooling down period, so a fifth voting period, which effectively says if this thing gets activated, then everyone still has two weeks before the changes actually kick in. Um, so, so like a last get your shit together period. Um, so all the exchanges can be certain that it will get activated and can then spend time on integrating. Hmm. Well, that certainly would be useful, and and we can see the the uh, risks associated with it, and saw what happened on Babylon. Um, with this, with this fifth period, um, be inclusive in the total time that we traditionally spend on the four periods today, or would it be an additional ongoing uh, period of time that would now be part of the governance process? Um, I'm honestly not sure yet. Um, I don't know. Um, okay. I, I, I also like the idea of um, reducing each period to maybe two weeks to speed yeah. up the process a little bit, and yeah. then we could easily add two weeks at the end. Otherwise, we could also just keep everything at roughly three weeks and still add two weeks at the end because really it doesn't matter whether it's three months or three and a half months. Um, yeah. um, I think we can explore different models. I'm, I'm, I think overall the impact of whether we're going to vote for two weeks or three weeks is not going to not be that odd. Um, I feel like um, a more frequent cycle of approvals. So, you know, um, keeping it, well, I guess would be keeping it essentially where we are today, but adding this extra period might be a better option for Tezos than lengthening the period further uh, from what it is today, just because, you know, I think it would be great to have slightly smaller changes proposed each cycle and more of those cycles happening. Yeah. Um, so it seems that would point towards the option of uh, having five two-week periods, so 10 weeks in total, instead yeah. of 12 weeks that we have right now. Yeah, I think that would be a smart move for us. And, and you know, I think when you think longer term about you know, we really actually, I think, want to incent multiple developer teams and some competitive proposal work eventually. Um, the more proposals that can happen, the more likely, you know, disparate views can come into the chain. Yeah. Um, so that would be cool. Okay. Um, so anything else you want to say about uh, 06 or 07? Um, so I think... Over the next month, or the next two to three months, um, we'll do a lot more, uh, like we'll describe the features of 007 much more specifically. Um, and I think it'd be interesting to have another episode maybe at some point in, late, in later December uh, to talk more about specific features like the sapling integration or programmable staking. Yeah, for um, sure. But I think, yeah, so as the last thing, I would really hope that a lot of people play around with the Carthage net um, because this is like specifically there so that everyone has the chance to play with the protocol before it goes live. Um, if people need tokens, please message some of the core devs on either Slack or we have the faucet at faucet.tzalpha.net. 
Um, Baker should be setting up some infrastructure on there to just run it because currently we're like four bakers running it. It's like mm -hmm. me, another guy, two guys from Nomadic, and a th uh, actually, this is cool, a fifth guy from the community. I guess the only one that volunteered to run it at the start. Um, but yeah, really take advantage of the fact that we currently have a running testnet where we can test out features before they go into the governance cycle and then ideally in my opinion, at least, um, delay the actual governance cycle on mainnet by another period until early December for coverage yeah. on mainnet. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, that is all I've got. Uh, thanks for joining me, Adrian. Any uh, any last words? Um, explore the testnet. It's a cool testnet. It works. Oh, I guess I do have one last question, uh, which this conversation prompted me, which is, is there a, uh, uh, are, are you guys asking for a reward for 005? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, no, we can't anymore, right? Uh, we spend a bunch of time hashing that cool vanity hash. Um, yeah. And if we now attach an invoice, we have to hash it again. I see. Uh. It's, the, it's, the PT <laughs> Cartha, it's the PT Cartha, Cartha hash, yes, indeed. Yeah, we spend a surprising amount of time and computer resources on hashing for nice hashes. <laughs> all right, well, it's all, it's, it's all for vanity. Um, okay, um, so thanks again for joining us, uh, Adrian. As always, it's a great conversation. And like you said, uh, we'll do this again in late December when we uh, actually get some updates on 007. Yes, thanks for having me. Okay, thanks everybody for listening. We'll uh, have another episode of Tezonomics up real soon for you.